Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, well, I'm uh, lovely, um, and, and I'm pretty excited because um, uh, uh, today uh, I get to talk about one of my favorite government documents. In fact, something I probably spent like the last quarter century <laughs> teaching and researching. <laughs> Tell the truth. You sleep with one under your pillow. Uh, not underneath my pillow, but I actually do have a pocket copy on my nightstand. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what we're talking about, of course, is the U.S. Constitution. And um, I, have, I, I have one on my nightstand. I have one in my backpack. Okay, <laughs> I have uh, one at my office. Um, I actually have one in my automobile. Okay, Senator Byrd. Um, <laughs> he carried a Constitution everywhere and thwacked people with it when they didn't know what was in it. So... <laughs> Speaking of what's in it, right, like what I'm excited about for today's podcast, don't get me wrong, I like the Constitution, it's a lovely document, um, but I don't love it the way you love it, and that's probably a good thing, there can only be so much love for the Constitution in the world. Um, and, and, and again, let me repeat, the world does not need more people like me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> on, on a number of levels, I yes. would say. Okay. Okay. But, on a number of, number of variables, levels. Okay. But what brought this about was um, actually was something you said on a podcast way back, which was you were explaining that people who say, I'm going to take the fifth, like in television and movies, that is used badly because people say, I'm going to take the fifth when they are not, in fact, being accused of anything. You cannot take the fifth against self-incrimination, right? The, I don't have to tell what I did or where I was, only if you're being accused. That's Otherwise, right. you have to answer the question. If you haven't been accused of anything and somebody says, Augie, where were you last night? You can't say, I take the fifth. I mean, you can, but you will look like a chucklehead and the other lawyer will make you answer because you're yes. not being accused of anything. It, it's, so we had talked about that as a, this is something that movies get wrong all the time. Yes. And I said to you at that point, we should do an episode on stuff that got dissed, left out, and also stuff that people think's in the Constitution and isn't. Sort of a popular, what the heck is really in the Constitution? It's kind of like um, a lot of people think stuff is in the Bible and then come to find out it's Shakespeare or it's something <laughs> else. Like it's not in yes. the Bible at all. And they go, oh, I, oh, okay. Cause somebody said, well, I'm sure that's in the Bible somewhere. Right. Cause you know, that's it, what people it, and, and, and that's you know, what people for, say about the constitution. Well, I'm sure that's in the constitution somewhere. And that's that, when I usually say, well, maybe it should be, but it isn't. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Okay. And I'm going to argue that you have read this document enough times that you would know. If I yeah, said to you, Augie, the the right to eat feta cheese is in the Constitution, you'd be like, no, Nia. no. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it should be, but it's Maybe it not. should be. Yes. So do you want to go ahead and start with um, I want 
going to start with the stuff that didn't make it. Okay. So and then I want to move to the stuff that that we think should it's be in there, in there that we yeah, want we think to be in there, but isn't. Really? Okay. So first, let's go ahead and focus on things that have been proposed for the Constitution, but have never made it in the Constitution. Right? And I'm warning folks now, this is likely to be a two-parter because that's there's a fair bit of stuff that was proposed at the beginning and yes. then has been proposed over the years that's not in there. And then there's also a fair bit of stuff that we believe is in there that isn't. So we may yes. end up breaking those into two episodes. I'm just warning folks now. But so so it's it's hot. It's the summer. They're writing the Constitution. Everybody's tired. It's Philadelphia. There's no air conditioning. And they just want to get done. And then you get the Bill of Rights, right? Because Madison's yeah, so, like, wait, 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 wait. We forgot a bunch of stuff. Well, <laughs> there's a little bit more <laughs> to the Bill of Rights than that, right? Okay. okay. So after the delegates to the Constitutional Convention met in Philadelphia, in the hot summer of 1787, right? Um, then the Constitution was submitted to the states for ratification. That's where the debate begins, okay? And there were a group of individuals who did not like the proposed Constitution, the so-called anti-federalists. And one of their big complaints about the proposed Constitution was that there was not a listing of civil liberties that could not be infringed upon by the government, okay? And understand that there were some delegates to the Constitutional Convention who didn't think such a list was necessary because there were structural elements to the Constitution that would make it very difficult for the government to act, like separation of powers, checks and balances, right? Right. Alexander Hamilton was of that opinion. We don't need to add all this other stuff. Stuff because it is very difficult for the government to act, which we know is the case today, right? Right. It's difficult for both houses of Congress to agree to something. And even if they agree to something, the president could go ahead and say, yeah, thanks for sharing, but I'm vetoing it. Right. 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 Okay. Although Hamilton did not take into account, I would argue, executive orders, executive agreements, things where the implied powers in the Constitution of, sure. oh, well, if we didn't enumerate it, y'all just go ahead and do that. I think, yeah. but also in Hamilton's, in fairness to Hamilton, he wasn't dealing with the size of government that we're dealing with now. I mean, and we, and, much and at smaller that time, level of government. And at that time, there weren't political parties, right? Right. So, I mean, the and they all fit into one room. Like, they yeah. All, so, like, you know, basically the assumption of most of the framers was that um, they were all unified, that they didn't like the British crown. Right. <laughs> they were also unified because most of them at the Constitutional Convention recognized the Articles of Confederation were not working. Right. So the assumption of many of them was, of course, we will work together. Well, right? and also, side note, not a lot of diversity in that room. Oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> right. So you have all wealthy, landowning, educated, like 
Yes, they I would mean, have thought. Of course, we will civil. We'll be civilized, and we'll sit down, and we'll have discussions, and we'll argue until someone makes a really good point, and then we'll all agree and move on. They didn't. Yeah, because they had shared experiences, right? Shared knowledge, okay, if you will, shared desires or expectations of what the government should do once it was formed. And one so, of the great things about diversity is that it brings different voices, but it also brings divisive, right? Like, oh yeah, sure. By its nature, it makes arguments more argumenty. That's yeah, not a word, you, but you know what I mean. More argumentative, right? More difficult you. because you have greater representation. You have more voices, which means it's more difficult to get consensus. Right, and it and it's a good thing because it brings lots of views, but it's a bad thing in the sense that it makes it harder. To get things done right, right? And, and and again those are trade-offs right 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 okay. exactly but that room didn't have those trade-offs because yeah, they don't have that yeah. they didn't have any voices of color they didn't color have any voices women, of women they or, didn't have know, any poverty like yeah working class schlubs okay yeah. who are no, like no 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 you know you and uneducated making, or minimally educated. Yeah, All of right. them were well-educated individuals. So you guys yeah. are making reference to the Greeks and the Romans, okay? Right. And I, 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 I want to know how this is going to affect my, you know, my farm. Exactly. Right? Or you know, do I have to work eighty hours a week? Okay. <laughs> exactly. I to mean, scratch how's this out a living. Me, right? Okay. Exactly. Narrow right, self-interest, self right? Isn't that what everything, whenever there's legislation passed, the first thing that any news organization does is put out an article saying how this is going to affect you. Affect you, yes. Because that's what most people, I mean, I'm not trying to be ugly, but most people with enlightened self-interest, that's what their first question is. Wait, wait, wait. Does that mean I'm going to lose or gain money? Does that mean I'm going to lose or gain position? Like what? Yeah, what does what, that mean? Yeah, how this is going to affect me, right? So, so the anti-federalists wanted, for... the, the anti they wanted a list of, if you will, civil liberties. Okay. Um, in a number of states, um, that became extremely important for the outcome of whether the Constitution would be ratified. The Federalists, who were the supporters of the proposed Constitution, implicitly agreed that if the Constitution got ratified, the first United States Congress would look at a list of civil liberties, give consideration, and possibly approve them and send them to the states as amendments. And that's what becomes known as the Bill of Rights. But there were- But the Bill of Rights is only the first 10. The first 10. After that, they're just the amendments. Yes, right? Okay. But when the first Congress met, they asked Madison, who was a member of the House of Representatives, to come up with, to craft these amendments. Now, we know the 10 that got approved. He <laughs> proposed nearly 20. And of those nearly 20, Okay, 12 made the initial cut, meaning that they were approved by both the House and the Senate. But the states only approved 10 of those 12. Ooh, so which two got? Very got, good question. Got dissed. Okay, so. Uh, now wait, one that, can we pause for just a minute? Yes. Madison 
was a brilliant writer. Yes. And a, and a huge amount of the language in the Constitution comes out of Madison's head. Like it, it's yes, just yeah. like um, Jefferson did a fantastic job with the Declaration of Independence. Madison's hugely behind the writing of the Constitution and and the language in the Constitution. Well, it, is it, that it just also, because Madison was a great lawyer? Like, did he understand? Well, he or was just a, was he visionary in the in well, the sense he, of he was a lawyer, but he was also a political pragmatist. I mean, because okay. he was active in Virginia politics pre-Revolutionary War. Ah. He was active in politics during the Revolutionary War. He was active afterwards. I mean, he experienced a lot in okay. his life. And, and also what's all very fascinating to me, when the Constitution was proposed, he was a Federalist. He gets into Congress and he has a transformation. He goes from being a Federalist to a member of the Democratic Republican Party that was very skeptical of the federal government's power. So the fact that he wrote the proposed <laughs> amendments that became the Bill of Rights, okay, is one of those, you know, I mean, great transformations of an American politician. And in a very short period of time, a very short period of time, right? Okay. So, so he's like, ah, let's rein this in a little bit. Let's, so the, let's the make two, sure that we cover some really important stuff here. So the two that the House and the Senate approved, but the states rejected, one was a restriction on Congress voting itself a pay raise until one congressional session has passed. Now for Wait. some of our listeners, Okay, so basically, if Congress in a session gives itself a pay raise, the pay raise cannot go into effect until the next session. But that is, but that is an amendment to the Constitution. Ah, I was about to say, some of our, <laughs> some of our listeners are like, hey, wait a minute, but that is an amendment. Yes because it eventually got adopted as our 27th amendment. It's our last amendment. It was approved um, uh, in the late 20th century. And the reason why, fascinating backstory. A kid in college in Texas in the 1980s is writing a term paper for a college class where he basically goes ahead and says, this amendment did not have a sunset clause. It did not have a clause that said, if it's not adopted by a certain period of time, okay, it ends, you cannot be considered. So he goes, technically, okay, this could be adopted. His college professor gives the paper a C. <laughs> the kid, Right. Proof that college professors are often wrong. Wrong. I'm just saying. The kid writes a number of state legislatures pointing out the fact that this could be adopted. And, it, and in listeners, in the United States, in the late 1980s, early 1990s, there was a lot of anti-incumbent 
fervor in this country, right? I mean, this is the period of time where a number of states passed term limits right. on elected officials, right? You well, actually because people had, stayed for an eternity. So you actually had very powerful members of Congress losing re-election campaigns because American voters, okay, wanted change. Right. And that's what happened. A number of states... <laughs> ratified what became the 27th amendment you said it's our last amendment it's our last amendment to date to date because the awesome thing about the constitution is that we can get amended in the future we can get it we could get a proposed amendment tomorrow um there's a whole process for that and we've talked about it in other episodes so we won't talk about it today but it is possible to continue to amend okay so so Madison had to wait a hundred years. Well, almost for that to be two hundred years for that to be yes. to be ratified, but they accepted. What's the other one? Uh, the other one was basing the number of House of Representatives on the 1789 population. <laughs> okay, so what is it based? Well, it's based, it's actually, uh, Congress makes the decision as to how many House of Representatives there should be. The most recent time it was changed was actually early in the 1900s, okay? Uh, So it's probably due. Uh, Oh, sure, of course. I mean, that's one of the criticisms of the House, right? Right, is that now 435 people are representing 336 million million people which seems like probably too many one to ratio the ratio is too high the ratio the ratio yeah the ratio of represent of population to representative is too high on the other hand if you raise the number of house of representatives (laughs) if you doubled it you have 870 members of congress i mean they won't fit they won't they won't fit in the room like that's not yeah the house of representative chambers um uh, would have to be renovated oh my gosh new one you'd have to have it would be like college courses some of them would show up on monday wednesday and some of them (laughs) would show up tuesday thursday and then friday they'd all zoom in with their votes yes you would oh my great googly mooglies that would be a mess wouldn't it you would have recitation sessions of the house of representatives Oh my gosh. Okay. So, but yeah, I think it's probably a good idea for it not to be based on the 1789 census, considering we have just a few more people. Yes. Than we now, had then. There have been a number of proposed amendments, most of which never get out of committee. Wait, but wait, there wait. Have been... Are there more yeah. that were rejected initially? um do you have any of the of the 20 um i have that but in a different research document nia so you went ahead and stopped me oh no it's fine i'm I'm nia Nia right now listeners okay has a very smug look on her face because she (laughs) you got me with osha (laughs) she was she was able able to stump okay uh augie on a podcast episode okay because i went ahead because i went ahead and crafted 
two uh, Google documents for research, right? <laughs> and I wanted to make the, the, the research document, the notes document to be manageable for a podcast episode. So I left out a whole bunch of stuff from my other Google Doc. <laughs> ah, well, that's my fault then. Okay, so, so, so tell us other stuff that's that like got been, rejected. Okay, so listeners, proposed amendments to the Constitution are considered by Congress pretty much every congressional session. Oh, but but I most, didn't realize that often. But most die in committee. Oh, okay. Okay. We don't hear so, about it on the news because it doesn't make it out of committee. Because otherwise, that would be an interesting political. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like that would be yes. interesting to know what Congress is thinking about changing. Yeah. But it probably there, would get people all up in arms and frustrated. So maybe it's a good thing we don't know. And 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 it's in and, and, and some of them are just you know <laughs> crazy. You know, we want an amendment that deer hunting season always starts on September 1st and ends on well, like, I mean, you know, stuff some like that, is, or you know, are they, you know, changing the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Not the slogan, but the, the, the mottos, oh, e the mottos, unum? yeah, the mottos on, on, on currency, right? Ah. Okay. I came across that one, and, I, and the logic was most Americans don't know Latin. Okay. Okay. Uh, out of many, one, by the way, in case you yes. don't know what e pluribus unum means. Yes. Um, I don't know Latin either, but I do know that. Um, and that basically means out of all the states, one united thing. Yes, um, which one is United country, the United States, right? States of but, America. And on on money, it's in God we trust. I think. Yes. Okay. It's written on and the by money, the way, there's I'm been sure a that there have, there have been, been a number of proposed Congress amendments to remove that. Yes. Yes. To take God out of out of yeah, the because um, uh, it's been argued that it violates the establishment clause of the First Amendment. Well, and it probably has been argued that uh, in the Bible, God doesn't want to have anything to do with money. Oh, oh my right? goodness, like, no. Money is a terrible <laughs> thing. Yeah. Almost all the parables that involve money involve bad things happen to you Happening when you have lots of money. Yes, so. if you yes, if you idolize or cherish money <laughs> exactly. in the Bible, something bad is gonna happen to you. <laughs> exactly. A dragon's gonna eat your face. So I'm pretty sure there are dragons in the Bible. But anyway. Um, so there's there have been five that have been that have reached the floor of the Congress and Congress has rejected them. Oh, right? okay. So, um, adding the Declaration of Independence. Oh, wait a minute here. I did include these. These are five proposed by Madison rejected by Congress. Okay, so these are five, uh, five of the 20. I did okay. bring this over from the other Google I'm Doc. I'm so glad. I, that's, okay. Yes. So you haven't been in any way uh, fainted as they would say in um fencing so yeah, well uh, well i mean hey it, it, you know uh, i i'm very humble okay <laughs> okay i frequently make mistakes and there's plenty i don't know okay so here are the five madison wanted to add the declaration of independence to the constant constitution's preamble he wanted a wow. kind of sort of 
I, I would change of, the song a lot. Yeah, I mean, because, you know. Because right now you can sing the song pretty quickly from Schoolhouse yeah, Rock. The, yeah, the preamble, right? It just okay. leaves out the one little. Yes. Right. We the people of the United States of America, States of America. which it leaves yeah. out because that doesn't scan with the song. But boy, that would really change it if you had to add the whole declaration of when in the course of human events i mean you know, that's it's, it's a beautiful document but it, it that's an interesting i guess he wanted to what pay homage to jefferson or he wanted to make sure nobody forgot the declaration of independence madison, madison's logic was um the constitution would be more powerful if it was rooted in uh, the statement that led to the colonies uh, breaking huh. the chains of colonial oppression. Okay. However, his fellow members of Congress okay, pointed out that it would minimize the powerfulness of the preamble. Which, by the way, they, they spent a lot of time on at the Constitutional Convention. His, his friends in Congress said, no, no, no. In 200 years, there's going to be a song, and they won't be able to sing it if you sing put it. this yeah. on the... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that would be really funny if they had said that. But no, I, I agree, actually, that that doesn't... I, don't, I think they're two very separate documents. They, they, they their purposes are very separate, right? The whole Declaration of Independence, we're done. We're done with England. Y'all go away. Yeah, right? the Declaration very of Independence is a than, list of grievances, right? Right. And the Whereas Constitution the preamble is, a, is, is future, future oriented, right? Well, it, 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 it's a mission statement for the new country. Exactly. Right? This is what exactly. we aspire to. So, you know, the Declaration of Independence is basically the kiss off letter to, you know, Great Britain, right? But and the, the preamble, the preamble the is sort of the too long didn't read of the Constitution. You know how you get emails where somebody yes. give you 18 pages of email and then at the bottom they say too long didn't read and they give you a one sentence synopsis? Yes. That's like a synopsis for the country. We the people of the United States of America in order to form a more perfect union, right? Like it, it, it says what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Yes. It, I don't know. I, yeah. I agree with them. I think Madison was wrong on that one. Another uh, proposed amendment. Madison wanted to guarantee that three of the liberties in the Bill of Rights would be enforceable on the states. Oh, now, the states cannot, cannot yes. do these things? Okay. They could not they? infringe upon the freedom of religion, the freedom of the press, and the requirement of a jury trial in criminal cases. And it was rejected. And the reason why is most of the founding generation believed that the Bill of Rights needed to be added to the Constitution not to protect the people from state government, but to protect people from federal government, federal, federal government. overreach okay yes, well because overreach. in their experience your local governor is much less onerous on you than the king king that's right so in their experience the king is more dangerous you have to limit the king way more than you have to li limit your local lord or governor or whoever 
And what this ends up creating, Nia, uh, is we had a dichotomy in the United States until the 1920s, where the Bill of Rights, according to the US Supreme Court, okay, were not applicable to state governments. <laughs> so the states could basically ignore the Bill of Rights and the Supreme Court would let them. So the states could have had, a state could have chosen a religion. Yes. The state states. of Wyoming is going to be Catholic. And if you live here, you have to be Catholic. That's right. Okay. okay. Yes. Third, Madison wanted to clearly state in the Constitution separation of powers. Because maybe listeners don't know this, but the phrase separation of powers is not in the Constitution. <laughs> Okay, it foreshadowing, is, foreshadowing it, of what's it not is, in the Constitution. It is intuitive, right? It's implied, right? By it, it, giving it, each of these different powers, you're implying that they have separate different powers. That's right. Okay. But you don't say separation, separation of powers, of powers is, a is a guiding principle. Oh, and Madison okay. wanted to clearly state that, okay? He okay. wanted to clearly state it. But again, his colleagues in Congress were like, yeah, hey, thanks for sharing, right? Okay. Yeah, no, it's all good. We're good. They understand that from the reading. Yes, right. The reading of the text. Yes. And you know. in fairness, a whole bunch of them were lawyers and did understand that from the reading of the text. Yes. Oh, well, clearly that's what we mean. It's one well, of those things where you've written it so you know what you mean. Yes. It might have been nice, actually, if there had been something in there that says there will be a clear delineation of but whatever. And I can't remember who said this on the floor of the house, but they emphasized the fact that each of the three first three articles of the constitution start with different senses, right? So article one starts with all powers herein granted. Article two says the power, you know, powers of the president, okay? And then Article Three starts with the judicial power of the United States. So the argument was, well, quite clearly, we are dividing the power of the federal government because we've started each of the three articles with different language. <laughs> um, can I just note for the for the audience who cannot see you that you just named those three sentences from memory? I'm impressed by that. Um, oh, I, but that, that I, and I, yeah, it makes sense to me that they were saying, um, we've pretty much clearly stated there are three different branches with three different sets of powers. And we don't, I'm not sure we need that. I like that Madison though was like, we should underline it and put a couple of exclamation points. And, and they were like, yeah, no, you need to calm down. It's yeah, all going to be know, fine. You know, it, it, you know, today, you know, if I was grading it and I was Madison, I would use the highlighting function in Microsoft Word, right? <laughs> okay, a fourth one. Madison wanted a different version of the Second Amendment. He wanted to include a conscientious objector clause to the military service 
prefatory clause of the Second Amendment. So he wanted to clearly say that you could avoid being or serving in a militia for conscientious objector reasons. And it got rejected, which is one of the reasons why the five conservatives on the Supreme Court in DC versus Heller said that the opening clause, the prefatory clause of the Second Amendment has no legal bearing on the right in the Second Amendment because the United States Congress clearly rejected Madison's proposed amendment change to the language. A well-regulated militia is the phrase that you're talking about. Correct. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, which, by the way, is a terrible sentence. It's got way too many commas. It's ridiculous. This oh, and it's passive voice. Yeah, this sentence should be taken out and shot. <laughs> so anyway. Um, oh, that sorry. was bad. That was I terrible. Know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's bad. So he's saying that somewhere along the line he wanted a well-regulated militia parentheses unless you don't believe in being in a militia in which case never mind parentheses being <laughs> necessary or something like that right like i'm sure he would have written it better than that because he's madison but yeah okay that's so, what he so we don't so then is that why it was illegal for people to be a conscientious objector for a long time well no, couldn't you is... be put in jail that arose that? because congress when it created uh, the rules for the military um, typically went ahead and wrote that it was illegal for you to object to military service uh, because of your conscience. Okay, again, remember- So an able-bodied male of a certain age was required- Yes, yes. To, to yeah. serve and to, and if they didn't, then they could be- right, yeah, they could be jailed. Because people have gone to jail for that, I think. Well, I mean, for instance, when didn't uh, Muhammad the, Ali go to jail for that? Yeah, I was going to mention the Vietnam War, um, even the Persian Gulf War. Um, oh, okay. Uh, there were people who were in the military, okay, who did not want to fight that war for various religious moral reasons, and many of them lost their commissions, um, um, or were. Uh, forced to accept discharges. And that was in lieu of being thrown into, into a military prison. I mean, because many Americans um, sign up to participate um, in the military to receive college benefits. It's part of the GI Bill. Right. But their assumption is we won't go to war. But then when we go to war, some of them are like, yeah, I don't want to fight in war. Well, according to the military, that's what you, you have, that's what you came for. Sorry. Yeah, that's you what signed the military a contract does. to, you know, accept these benefits. Okay. Right. Um, and it's a complicated issue. Um, it is complicated because yeah, yeah. it would also depend on the reasons for the war and where the war yes. takes place and yeah, who you're fighting. Yeah. I mean, you know, there could be some real concerns there. Okay. So they said no. No, we don't want to make that. What is it? We don't want to make that amendment any clearer than it is right now. <laughs> yeah. Was that their objection? Because they thought 
because that amendment's uh, a mess. Well, uh, of the, the, all the, the amendments, the one that's a, just a mess language-wise is the Second Amendment. Yeah, it, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. It reads like it was written by a person who doesn't understand how to construct a sentence. Yeah, it, 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 it is usually one of the examples when I teach constitutional law uh, that I give my students of how the language of the Constitution um, can really lead to interpretive difficulties. Um, well, and I'm sure English professors everywhere pull it up and say, what's wrong with this sentence? And then three hours later, they, they I mean, it's not even about what it's about as much as that just doesn't you, make any sense. Nia, that's funny you mentioned that because I had a high school English teacher who pulled up the language of the Second Amendment to show us um, why passive voice is a terrible way to write. Right. She actually it's pulled it. She pulled it up and said, this is an example of passive voice. And she you know, showed us and then she goes, so who can tell me what this actually says? And of course, many of us had not really read the US Constitution. So we were like, it's about being in the military. It's about <laughs> guns. We were, we're not entirely sure. And she yeah. goes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's right? so many sub clauses in here. Nobody knows which ones are sub and which ones are real. OK, now, so number five. But before we move on from oh. the, the you went ahead and said, you know, why was this rejected? And many members of Congress spoke to how the nation was founded on religion. And, and, and this goes back to something, Nia, you and I have discussed in previous podcast episodes. Most of the colonies were founded on a particular religion. Right. They left Great Britain because they to wanted religious freedom from the Anglican church in Great Britain. Right. They wanted to be Lutheran. They wanted to be Catholic. They wanted to be, be Baptist. Some denomination of Christian. It, you know, it, don't, we shouldn't say religion because it was Christianity. It's not. In, in, you know, Pennsylvania was Quaker. Right. right. So many members of Congress, and again, this is the founding generation, right? So they were second generation colonists. So they had been born and raised into religious families in religious colonies. So this idea that somebody could go ahead and avoid military service for religious reasons was like unheard of. <laughs> they're, they're like, uh, you, you know, just because, you know, yeah. Well, you fight for your freedom, you fight for your family, you fight for your country. Yes. Right? Like, and, yes. and God will forgive you for what you do in... Yes, in, and God will protect you on the battlefield. In defense of those, yes. of those ideals, right? So, yeah. yeah, I mean... So the fifth one, Madison wanted to weave the Bill of Rights into the main text of the Constitution instead of just placing them at the end. And his colleagues persuaded him that that would only make the reading of the Constitution more Harder. difficult. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm not trying to be ugly about Madison, but a lot of what he wanted to do would have made it 
a lot more complicated a document. Oh my goodness, yes. Right, like yes. if, if we had to search through that thing for the amendment, first of all, they wouldn't be amendments. They would be rewrites of the original. Yes. So you wouldn't have amendments anymore, but also it's good that, I think it's good that they're at the end because that shows. I like that they're standalone, right? Because right. you read the main text and then you have a discrete section, particularly the Bill of Rights, a discrete section that basically says, these are our civil liberties, right? Well, and if you're not going to read the Constitution, at least read the amendments. Sure. At least yes. understand what your yes. fundamental rights are, even if, you, if you're not going to bother to read the Constitution. Yes which is fine. There are people who don't read the Constitution. I did not say it's fine. It's not fine. But it, you well, should no, read I mean, the Constitution I, I, I sometime, yeah, just yeah. if nothing else, so that you know what's in it. But, yeah. but if you don't, at least knowing what's in the amendments yeah. helps you understand what, and we're going to uh, later on get to things that aren't in there that you think are in there, but that's a different episode. So, okay, so what else has been? Okay, so what I'm going to do to conclude this episode is to talk about proposed amendments that have not been ratified by the states. Okay. okay. Oh, so this is now we're past the dudes in the room going, yes. no, James, no, we are not going to do. Do you think he went by James? Or do you think they called him like Jimbo? Um, I think he went by Mr. Madison. <laughs> oh, okay. This was a more formal time. Okay. If, if you read personal letters, between members of the founding generation. Their personal letters frequently started with, okay, my dearest Thomas, right? They were formal, okay? You know, whereas, you know- Oh, my had, dearest Thomas, I was speaking the other day with General Washington. Said yes. You would have put his title and his last yes, name as opposed yes. to, I was yes. speaking the other day with George. Yeah, so Georgie and I were having some cider Okay. Uh, okay, so okay, yeah, so he would yeah. have been referred to as Mr. Madison. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. or if by his enemies that damned Madison. Yeah, that damned Madison. Or something along that. Or you know, lines. when he became president, you know, that SOB president. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So but okay. but these are later on that like this is what we're now past the the hanging out in Philly. Yes. Doing stuff. And these are things that the con that the Congress yeah. has proposed. And then the states have gone. Nah. Yeah, the, the states have, uh, have rejected them. Right. Okay. So the first one is in the 11th Congress, which was from 1809 to 1811. And this is an amendment, a proposed amendment, which I know you actually support. This is an amendment that would have voided US citizenship if a person accepted a title of nobility or honor from another country. Indeed. You yes. don't get to be Prince John for a variety of reasons because Prince John is not the best prince. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but like, that's not cool. Americans don't have titles. We are, we are not a... I will not say that we are not a country without classes, but we certainly don't use titles to separate yes. our, ourselves from each other. That is not cool. 
And yeah, I totally idiot. agree with that. If you want yeah. a title, that's awesome. If it, when Megan became Duchess of whatever she, Duchess, I can't remember which one she, which it's not Cambridge because that's the other brother. But anyway, uh, Sussex, Duchess of Sussex. She voided her right to call herself an American. You're that's now right. British. You 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 sworn fealty to the British crown. That's awesome. The queen is cool. I like her. Go forth and enjoy your life. But you can't be an American if you're going to do that. Yes. I, I like that one. Okay. The next but the one, states were like, nah, we're good. Nah. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. yeah we're we're going to let people take titles. Yes. Huh. The second one is pretty controversial. It was proposed in 1861 before the Civil War. And it was an amendment that would have prohibited Congress from interfering in state domestic institutions concerning slavery. Oh, so trying to head off the Civil War. Yes, it would have basically added to the Constitution the Supreme Court's ruling in Dred Scott versus Sanford. Because in Dred Scott, not only did the Supreme Court say that slaves had no legal and political rights, but the majority opinion also said the United States Congress had no authority to regulate the institution of slavery. So it would have clearly said that in the Constitution. And not surprisingly, can you guess which states from what geographical part of the country? Oh, that cannot it? have been acceptable to the northern states. Oh, the northern, no, no northern state, okay, ratified that amendment. Right. Because, yes. yeah, abolition, right? They, it was already, and, and 1861 was too late for that. You might have been able to pull that off. And in the 59, late maybe 60, 1860 before the presidential election, but not in 61. Nope. Yeah. 1924. And by the way, these proposed amendments really highlight the evolution and change in our country. In 1924, there was a proposed amendment that would allow Congress to regulate child labor. This would have overturned the Supreme Court's ruling in Hammer versus Dagenhart in 1918. And by the way, very few states ratified this proposed amendment because in many states that would have, for that would have forced a whole bunch of their industrial operations to change their labor practices. Yes. But we eventually do get that. We just we don't do. get it as an amendment, right? We, get we it don't as, get it as an amendment. We get it we as get a congressional it, law. We get a law passed by Congress, okay, the Fair Labor Standards Act, which was deemed constitutional by the Supreme Court um, in the case of U.S. versus Darby. U.S. versus Darby, okay? Okay. So we get it, but we just don't get it as an amendment. That's right. We get it as a public law. Yes. Okay. Because, I mean, really, it's a good thing. I'm just saying. It's a good, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. here, here, 13 year old child, work in this coal mine. No, I don't think so. That, 
That's yeah. a terrible idea. Yeah, work in this textile plant when you are, you know, 12 years old for 60 hours a week. Right. Okay. And make that is not good. Okay. Right. The next one is pretty controversial. Um, the Equal Rights Amendment was ratified by the United States uh, Congress in 1972. Um, it was now, unlike the 27th Amendment, which was ratified by the states, the Equal Rights Amendment quite clearly had a clause that said the states had to ratify it within, I think it was first eight years, and then the United States Congress in 1980 renewed it for, no, it was five years and then a second five years. And if the necessary number of states did not ratify it, then the amendment died. Which, by the way, is three-fifths, right? Yes. It's three-fifths yes. of the states have to ratify Three-fifths of the states have to ratify, right? Um, and, and there's some debate about this, and, and we could do a podcast episode about it. But so when we get to the end of the second five-year window, the necessary number of states had not ratified. I think it was 35 out of 38, okay? After so that it, window- So it sunsetted. It sunsetted, okay? Oh, we're done, we have to, so that would mean that it has to go all the way back through the, the process back. again. Like it has, it has to, to go- It has to go through the Congress and then go to the states again, okay? okay? Now, the Supreme Court's never ruled on it, never heard a case. I think three of the 35 states rescinded their approval. Ah. Three states, including Virginia, I think last year, ratified it. So there are now supporters who claim, well, 38 states approved it. Oh, I see. Okay. But not all at the same time. Oh, not, that's Yeah, not, not within the you know, the, 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 the statutory window. Right. And then you got three, you know, again, three states rescinded it. And we don't know if states can rescind their approval of an amendment. Right. Oh yeah. That's a murky legal question. That's a murky I, legal I agree. question. Oh, wait, right. Never mind. I've changed my mind. I don't agree. Like, yeah. no, no, no. You already said you were in, you already called dibs. We're not. Yep. Okay. So that would need to go to the Supremes to be untangled. Yes. Except now, interest, that interestingly, it's, yeah, interestingly enough, um, the last two presidential administrations have issued legal memorandums where they have concluded, and notice I said the last two, so Trump and Biden have issued legal memorandums out of their office of legal counsel concluding that because the necessary number of states did not ratify it, supporters of an equal rights amendment will have to start at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. The last proposed amendment, and we've actually talked about this in a previous podcast episode, is um, Congress in 1978 um, uh, accepted um, uh, an amendment for the District of Columbia to become a state. And is there a sunset on that one? 
Yes, there was. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is which is why the United States Congress once again reconsidered DC statehood during the Trump administration. <laughs> gotcha. But that one has never yeah. gone yeah. any. I mean, it doesn't go anywhere once it gets out of Congress. No, it doesn't go anywhere. I mean, because in part. For all the reasons we talked about in that right. episode of, yeah, it's going to make things uneven. It's going to make things weird. Then you have this state that's very small and takes parts of other states. And what part of it is actual state and what part of it is still federal. And uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of drama. There, there, there are a lot of issues in regards to D.C. statehood. Yeah. And though I'm very sympathetic to the residents of the District of Columbia, okay, um, Y'all should move to Northern Virginia. <laughs> and, That's the and, answer to that question. And, and then have Northern Virginia secede yeah. from Virginia. It's right? not like that hasn't happened to Virginia before. Before, I mean, because we, I mean, that's West how we Virginia. Get, yeah, that's how we get the state of West we Virginia. We could have Northeast Virginia. Yes. Right? And then we could just... Well, I mean, hey... Or we, they we, could call it Nova. Nova. Which I would mean, be an awesome name for a state. I mean, because most 51st of us... 51st state who, of the nation is Nova. I mean, most of us who live in the Commonwealth of Virginia already refer to that part <laughs> exactly. of Virginia as Nova, Nova. Right? That's right. Northern Virginia, Nova. I mean, I don't know about you, Nia, but, you know, when I go back home to my home state of Pennsylvania and I drop in references to Nova, most most of my family is like, what where is, that? is this where is this place you call Nova? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. My family does the same thing. What is that? Well, they don't need more because now they've gotten used to me saying it. Okay. So, so the next, okay. So we're going to conclude this episode. Our next episode. Okay. Is going to focus on things people think are in the U S constitution, but are not. And we will debate slightly whether they should be or not. Oh, sure. I mean, because that's because part of some the things should be, but some things probably should not be. Should, should not be, right? But nevertheless, that's again that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun. I mean, because you're talking about the country's governing document, so we yep. should every once in a while ask, "Well, should this be in there?" Right. Right. Maybe okay. we should propose an amendment. Sure. All right. All right. Thanks, Augie. We'll talk again soon. All right. Thank you, Nia. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu slash discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.